Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Take It or Leave It. This episode is titled, Don't Just Talk About It, Be About It. And today I am so burdened because I see so many people that are talking about Jesus and how much they love Jesus and all these things about Jesus. And then you look at their lives or maybe you see them outside of the church and it's very apparent that they are not about Jesus. They talk a lot of talk, but they do not walk the walk, if you will. And today I want to talk about the church because today the church is filled with people like this, making the church a lot of talk with little action. So in a previous podcast, we talked about um, those exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what I had asked you was how many people do you know that are actually exercising their gifts in the Holy Spirit, right? There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, healing, faith, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment, uh, to name a few. How many people, for example, healing, how many people do you know are exercising their gift in healing, calling upon the name of Jesus to heal others, right? It's not us that heals, it's God that heals through us. How many people do you know that are doing that? And regardless of your answer, my follow-up answer is it's not enough. It's not enough. I want to encourage you to read the Bible of how the disciples responded to their calling. They healed many through the power of Jesus. They raised the dead. They overcame trials. They were in jail and then freed. They were swaying leaders and kings, all because of the Holy Spirit. So I ask you, is your church actively teaching on repentance in the Holy Spirit baptism? Because Jesus said in Revelation 3, chapter 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Jesus said that, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. We've talked about this verse. You can't just repent, meaning telling God, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry again. Whoops, sorry again, sorry again. No, be serious and repent and turn away from sin, right? That's what God's saying here. Be serious and repent. Let me take you seriously and you be serious first. Verse 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens it, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. So again, it was God's idea to repent. Jesus said that in Revelation 3, 19. Also, in Luke 5, starting in verse 31, Jesus answered and said to them, who's them? Jesus answered and said to the Pharisees, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So again, also very clear, Jesus said this, we are here for repentance, and I am not even hitting the examples, uh, the many examples that the disciples also said, because Jesus said it. So again, is your church actively preaching repentance and the Holy Spirit baptism? If the answer is no, find a new church that is operating on a Holy Spirit agenda. 
Beware of these leaders that use you to build their own agenda rather than building you to take on your own Holy Spirit agenda. There's a huge difference there. There's a huge difference there. And the true agenda says a lot about the heart of the person, says a lot about the mind of the person, and essentially says a lot about the eternity of the person. I'd also like to add that the church is here today in 2022. It is here for the show, not the go. This has been happening prior to 2022. So uh, what I mean by this is so many churches there after creating such an experience, right? Not the go. So what do I mean by they are here for the show and not the go? In Mark 16, chapter 15, it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And again, this is just one example. There are others in the Bible. So I encourage you to find them and read about this, but go is a call to action to preach the gospel to all the ends of the earth so that many will be led to repentance, right? Preach the gospel to every creature. Today, I personally am hearing churches put more effort towards the show rather than the true message of God, right? The true commandment of God, which is go preach the gospel, right? Go unto all the nations of the earth. That's why we have missionaries, right? Go, go. So today the church is more focused on their fog machines, lights, right? Their, their fancy PowerPoints. And there's nothing wrong with having nice services. But when the focus and the attention to details on these things rather than the message or rather than focusing on what the Lord wants you to say, that's a problem. Because God is after the heart. These things only create goosebumps, not Holy Spirit encounters. Whenever churches are planning these events and they have so much attention to detail on the decorations and the food rather than the message, Jesus doesn't win. The devil wins. The devil wins. It's essentially just more wasted time, right? The church wants to have an entertaining service to keep people in seats. They're not correcting anyone. They're just tickling the ears. So what do I mean by that? God says in Hebrews 5, I'm going to start in Hebrews 5 verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse 14, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So this is about consuming milk or solid food. The church needs to grow just like babies, just like babies grow from milk to solid foods. Me personally, I have children. I have an eight month old son who is of course started with milk and now he's doing milk and solids and eventually he's going to move on from milk because he's going to grow. We are supposed to grow and to move into our calling. We do not stay with milk forever. So I ask you, have you been sitting in a pew for your whole church career? Have you been sitting there, just sitting? That is milk, that's just milk work. And that's not even work, that's milk. What word are you getting from your leaders that are uh, waking you up, 
right? Are they talking about the Holy Spirit? Are you feeling convicted? If not, find a new church. Find a new church. What do you have to show the Lord if you are just sitting in the pew? What do you have to show the Lord if you are just drinking milk forever? This is God's idea. This is God's word, right? For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Are you unskilled in the word of righteousness? And the Lord continues, for he is a babe. Are you still a baby Christian? Because there is solid food available. And there is opportunity for your senses to be exercised to discern both good and evil. The Holy Spirit is available and you can grow. And I want to encourage you to grow today. And as I say these things, I speak them in a mirror, right? I want to make sure that I'm right to even say these things. So what, what am I doing? right? I'm, I'm also examining myself here, but this is for all of us. This is the word of God. We must all make sure it comes to pass in our own lives, right? So again, what do you have to show the Lord? He's looking for works. And in Revelation 3, 8, God says, I know your works. He sees what we're doing. He knows them. And in James 2, 14, let's talk about this. Let's read through this quickly. Faith without works is dead. Dead. I'll say it again. Faith without works is dead. So starting in verse 14, what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19, you believe that there is one God you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. And I want to pause there because today the church is preaching. All you have to do is believe that there is one God. Believe that he died for you and that's it. But it's very clear here, even the demons believe and tremble. That's sarcasm. So go ahead and believe because even the demons believe. The demons are believe and they're not saved. They cannot be saved. I'll say it again. Even the demons believe and they cannot be saved. Likewise, we can believe that there is one God and he died for us and we cannot be saved. Verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? So again, Abraham was justified by his work, by his action, to be obedient to what God said and offer Isaac. 22, do you see that faith was working together with his works? Which is true, Abraham was faithful to the Lord. He was faithful and he had works to back it up. 22, do you see that the faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God. He had faith in God and he was called a friend of God. That's what we want, right? We want to be a friend of God. Verse 24, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. How clear is that? We must have works. If we have faith, we need works. If we have works, we need faith. They work together, right? They work together. So if you recall, the title of this episode is Don't Just Talk About It, Be About It. So what do I mean by be about it? I mean be about the works for God. It's as clear as that. Be about the works for God. 
when you're not saved, it doesn't feel like that makes a lot of sense. But if you want Holy Spirit results, then you need Holy Spirit power. And if you want Holy Spirit understanding, then you need Holy Spirit wisdom. You can acquire the Holy Spirit through repentance. And this all boils down to our own action. It is up to us. It is up to me to decide for me. And it is up for you to decide for you. And I want to share this powerful example of immediately responding to the call of Jesus in the Bible. And I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and I'm going to illustrate the type of effect that it had on the disciples and the type of effect that it has on people today because nothing has changed. There is nothing that says that these things in the Bible, these miracles that have come to pass, that they are not to happen today. And to my point of asking earlier, How many people do you know that are exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit? The answer is not enough. Not enough because it's possible and it's expected from God. So I want to start in Acts 1. And I'm going to take you from Acts 1 to Acts 2 to Acts 3. Super simple example, but very obvious. Acts 1, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. I'll start in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, so Jesus and the disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So in a previous podcast, we talked about water baptism and the Holy Spirit baptism, right? Here's more evidence that there are two. Right? And God promises baptism by the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I've mentioned this verse several times, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So it's very clear. We get this power and then we can be witnesses, right? Acts 1, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, the very next chapter, here comes the Holy Spirit. Verse 2, so I'm in Acts 2, verse 2. When the day of the Pentecost had fully come, that's Sunday, they were all with one accord in one place. Who? The disciples. They were in the upper room. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So boom, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. He ascends to the Father. Uh, Jesus had said not many days from now, uh, you know, I'm sending you a helper. Um, The Holy Spirit is coming. Acts 2, it happens, right? Because when God says something, he keeps his promises, right? He did not leave us orphan. In Acts 2, verse 2 On the day of the Pentecost, Sunday, the Holy Spirit comes to earth. Let's go to Acts 3. Acts 3, you'll see that a lame man was healed. I'm going to start in Acts 3, 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. 
And a man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, and John Peter said, Look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. So I'll pause. This man sat in front of the temple daily asking for money, right? And suddenly... Here come Pete, here comes Peter, right? Heals him. He walks into the temple walking, leaping, and praising God, and all the people saw him. What a powerful example. Verse 10, then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Wow. So very simple illustration here. The Holy Spirit is promised. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells in Peter, for example, So we have Acts 1, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Again, Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes and the disciples are baptized, which does include Peter and John. Acts 3, already miracles. A man who was lame, could not walk, sat in front of this temple every day. Here come Peter and John, filled with the Holy Spirit. They were led to heal this man in the name of Jesus Christ. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk right? It wasn't in the name of Peter. My name is Peter. Rise up and walk. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In the name of Jesus, that is the healing power. That is the healing power. And can you imagine this probably took five seconds, five seconds to see this man and to say these words under a minute. We'll, we'll give them, you know, longer. It's under a minute. Do you have under a minute to do this? Are you equipped to do it? So you better get equipped and you can get equipped. But the key here is the quickness in response. When you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, it does not take years. It doesn't take weeks. It's immediate. It's immediate. You will be led. You will have a desire and you will be bold and unashamed to call upon the name of Jesus Christ to heal, to heal others. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. And this is the example that we need to follow. And this is the example that the church needs to be preaching today. More people need to stand up from their pew. We need to stand up. We need to move forward. We need to get off the milk. And we need to understand the expectations of God. And we need to stop deceiving ourselves. And we need to stop letting the church deceive others because they don't have a Holy Spirit agenda. This is what God expects. This is what God expects. I want to encourage you. And I want to ask for your help. Don't just share this news. Don't just share the good news of Jesus Christ. Dive deeper into his word to understand the why behind this news. Don't just be surface level Christians, pew sitting Christians today. Be wise so you can see in the spirit to discern false teachers. Get the Holy Spirit baptism so you can discern the agenda of others. 
share this teaching, show the evidence in the Bible, just like I have. So simple. Acts 1, Acts 2, Acts 3. Look at this example. Look at this expectation. Let's follow suit. Let's share this with others. Lead others to repentance so that they may be saved because your desire to win souls for his kingdom says a lot about where you will spend eternity. Are you all talk? Or do you show action? This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.